T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You're listening to the Dana and Parks podcast on KMBZ. Reportedly written about Vince Neal of Motley Crue. Really? Yep. I did not know that. That is some weird, wild stuff. It was a top 10 hit in late 1987. I remember why did your it well. voice do that. What? <laughs> I said, why did your voice do oh, that? Oh, it was, it was he's, Carson. That's his, yeah, that's, that's his a, Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson. Oh, oh, I didn't say oh. it was a good Carson. I just <laughs> said it's, it's my Carson. Can, can you do any impersonations? Uh, yeah, I, I need some prep, but I can I can do a pretty decent Willie Nelson. Um, I mean, there's a few. Like John Cleese is is another one. That's okay. uh, Sam. Uh, I am not good at doing these things on the spot, as we well know from when I tried to recreate my northern accent. I don't know if you remember that a couple oh, of months ago. Yes. Northern Wait. accent? Yeah, you've got to hear this. When stuff. I feel it. This is terrible. When I feel it coming up and it just comes out, it's really good, right? Okay, yeah. Like when, when, Scott when, you, says, when you're inspired. Hey, do that again. When you're inspired, right. it comes out natural, mm-hmm. like Fargo. Oh, yeah. The sorry, the whole night. Oh. Like William Macy from Fargo. But then Scott, northern Midwest. Scott goes, man, that was really good. You should do that again. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And I sounded Indian. Yeah, it was not good. (laughs) Because I mean, you say Northern accent, and I, I, I go immediately New York. Uh, maybe Boston, you know, that kind of... That's almost a I'm, bizarre mix between the two. Yeah, right. And it's hard to... It's hard to get. Boston is tougher. Boston is... It, that's a hard one. But that... The, the New York... That was really good. That, that actually was really good. <laughs> the New York version of that, though, there, there was this cartoon, and I forget the name of the voice actor who did it, but there was this cartoon that aired during the 70s called Mr. Jaw. And it was a big shark that was Artie Johnson did the voice for the shark. And it was he was doing the kind of German voice. And and then they had this little fish who was like his sidekick. And he talked like this. He had this really strange kind of squeaky voice. So whatever I do, the, the New York thing, I always That's steal really that and, and just kind of tone it down a little. Just take a little bit of squeak out of that voice. And, and then you can do this. You sound like a New York City cab driver. Now, there is one accent that I can do pretty much on command. Kermit. Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Now I have to think of Rick Astley singing Never Gonna Give You Up to uh. really get the froginess in my voice. <laughs> Whew, that hurts. You know you know who's wow. amazing though at uh and never gets enough credit for it because I mean there were the there's not a lot of impressionists now. You know the, You know who's real who was really good and God bless him. There were people who were good at it. And and he had he had a stroke several years. I'm not talking out of school. He's a good friend of the program. Have met him. The sweetest man you'll ever meet, mm-hmm. Tom Kane. Yeah. Uh, who could do impersonations uh, and is a dear friend. Uh, but he he suffered a debilitating stroke several years ago. But Tom Kane could do impersonations like C-3PO, yeah. Yoda, Morgan Freeman. I mean, 
Sam, who else could he do? He, I mean, he could do anybody. Pretty much anybody you could think of. He was incredible. The guy, uh, and again, I can't remember his name, although I watch the show all the time now in reruns on like Netflix or whatever, but the guy who played Howard Wolowitz on Big Bang Theory... I never, I never, I never could get into that show. He's unbelievable, uh, and he did a Nicolas Cage on the show one time in character, and he did this impersonation of Nicolas Cage, and I was sitting there howling. It was so on point. Well, you heard the Tom Kane Morgan Freeman story. I want you? to know what gods we have angered that Taco Tuesday <laughs> falls on Cinco de Mayo, <laughs> and the whole thing is ruined by uh, a virus named after a Mexican beer. Now that was over the phone, so you can't really get <laughs> right. that true Morgan Freeman. And that feel, was obviously right at the base, right yeah. at the beginning of 2020, because mm-hmm. he's talking about COVID, named after a beer, no, uh, what, what coronavirus. Was, what was the story? So years ago, he he told this story on the air. So again, I'm not speaking out out of school. What, Sam, do you remember this story? I do. Like the, yesterday, there, there. You know, when when um, really famous people like a Tom Brady or a Morgan Freeman or somebody like that yeah. or Tom Cruise, when they do a commercial, there's clearly a lot of prep that goes into it. It's not like they show up and help write it and, you know, hey, all right, let's go ahead and time it now. Everything is pre-timed. It's pre-recorded. All they do, the celebrity Tom Cruise, Morgan Freeman, when they come in is they sit down and they go, blah, 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 Citibank. Right. Right? And then they, they get their $100,000 check and they go home. <laughs> well, Tom Kane uh, did such a good Morgan Freeman that Citibank would hire him to pace the commercials for Morgan Freeman so that when, you know, so that they had just the right amount of script. Bang so, on, so 30 that, seconds. Yeah. So, yeah. So for those who don't know, in this business, Every commercial has to be 10 seconds, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, or 60 seconds exactly. Exactly. There's no 16-second commercials. You don't have a 32-second commercial. You have a 30-second commercial. And so Tom Kane would would be hired to voice these commercials in spec so that when Morgan Freeman came in, it was exactly 60 seconds. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And on multiple occasions, they used Tom Kane's Morgan Freeman right. instead of Morgan Freeman so, because the cut wasn't good enough. So, no, because it was too good. No, Tom's was too good. Yeah. 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 So what they would do is Tom would come in, voice these commercials for Citibank or American Express or whomever, whatever. They would send it off to Morgan Freeman, and he would send it back and say, that's me. Just go ahead and go with that. Wow. So when you would hear Morgan Freeman... In a Citibank commercial or you know whatever commercial, sometimes that wasn't Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that was Tom Kane. Yeah, Simon Helberg, by the way, is the guy from The Big Bang Theory whose name I couldn't remember. It just popped back into my head. But yeah, I, I wonder if you can find that Sam that bit where he does it's the D and D episode. Yeah, where where Howard does the the voice of uh, of Nicolas Cage. There were two impressions that he did during that that were both great. But the guy that that I always admired for doing that. And I, I, God, I don't know how many people would know his name at this point, but John Biner. There was a, another cartoon called The Ant and the Aardvark that was part of the... Yeah, that I was, know that. That was part of the, the Pink Panther hour, you know, half hour, where you get the inspector and you get one Pink Panther and you get the Ant and the Aardvark. And That's the, right. That's and the right. Ant and the Aardvark were both John Biner's voice. And he did... Uh, he was doing an impersonation, uh, impersonation of Jackie Mason as the Aardvark. And... Um, huh. 
and the ant was Dean Martin, him doing Dean Martin. And it was hilarious and spot on. The other one from that half hour was, uh, you remember the inspector? I went, yeah, of course. I went to see the commissioner, and Sergeant Judo came along with me. Wow. That was Pat Harrington Jr., who played Schneider on One Day at a Time. Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, all these weird connections. I, I, if you haven't noticed, I did nothing while I was a child other than watch TV. <laughs> so, you find yourselves there in we go. an overgrown old forest. And before you is a, a giant oak tree with a face on it that looks a lot like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> he says, travel with caution. <laughs> These woods are home to the bones of many a fallen hero. Wow, that's really good. That, that whole bit is in, that's really inspired. Good. <laughs> All right, we uh, we have a quick programming note. Uh, we're doing Festivus Friday today at 4 o'clock. The airing of the grievances at 4 because we have Missouri Tigers football coming up tonight at 5 o'clock. That is our pregame. They play tonight at 8 against the Ohio State University in the Cotton Bowl. How are we feeling about that game? Uh, Any chance anybody can beat Ohio State, I'm cheering for them. Okay, fair enough. I am Missouri tonight. Yeah. I hate That was really hard for you to say. It was. was. Why do we hate Ohio State? I I don't care. I mean, the Buckeyes mean nothing to me. So why that one in particular? The, The arrogance. Okay. When I watch you Monday mean Night Football, the yeah, arrogance. It, it, yeah. When, when I watch the players <laughs> the. introducing themselves, you know, like you know, Michael Wilkins, the Ohio State University. Do you know they, they tried to copyright that a yes, couple of years ago? They tried ago? to copyright the word the. the. Yeah. And the. I would think that the people who run the dollhouse, the string of strip clubs, would probably have a word or two to say about that. 913 586 7798. 586 7798. Festivus Friday comes your way at 4 o'clock this afternoon here on Dana and Parks. Satanic fungus that looks suspiciously like Al Pacino rises from the forest floor and says, You're playing D&D. You're playing D&D. This whole apartment is playing D&D. Men at work? Oh, yeah. What, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I've, I've been on a kick lately of men at work. And uh, just it, this was, I, I guess, a minor hit for them, but still great tune. And I can listen to Colin Hayes sing absolutely anything at any time. Um, here's a weird one for you. When we're looking back at, uh, at bizarre stories from the year, there's a guy who was apparently out uh, doing a little lobster diving. Um, in Massachusetts, and was swallowed by a whale. Mm. No, his name is not Jonah, in case you were wondering. Uh, this guy's name is Michael Packard, and he was swimming off the coast of Massachusetts. He said leisurely swims soon turned into the stuff of nightmares when he was swallowed whole by a humpback whale. He said he spent about 30 seconds inside its mouth. He thought he had been eaten by a shark, because all of a sudden, I mean, he was he felt a bump and the lights went out. So he's inside the mouth of this whale. Whales don't normally, I mean, humpback whales eat plankton. Little teeny tiny things right. like swimming and around they have, in the water. They have filters in their mouth. Right, the baleen. The, yeah. 
And so, yeah, he's out there, you know, just doing his thing. And he said he felt like he was being sloshed around inside this thing's mouth. And he said all of a sudden. Yeah. And he said all of a sudden he could feel the the muscles in its mouth kind of, you know, squashing him. And he thought, he said, all I could think about was my kids and that I was never going to see them again. And all of a sudden the whale surfaced. And started shaking its head because it did not want him in its mouth anymore. Mm-hmm. And he just flew up into the air and then back down into the water. And and all I can think about is what those first five seconds must have been like when he just you know when he's trying to put together okay what just happened and then realized he had been <laughs> swallowed and then spat out by a humpback whale. It's incredible. It's an incredible story. <laughs> yeah. I just and he's fine. I mean, he spent a little time in the hospital, but uh, yeah, he said he's perfectly fine now and life is good. good. Uh, the net worth of the world's 500 richest people skyrocketed by a combined 1.5 trillion dollars this year. The rich Jerks. got richer. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> yep, a stunning reversal from the 1.4 trillion lost by those on last year's list. So they lost 1.4 trillion last year. The 500 richest people in the world. Yeah, that's when we organized that bake sale for them. <clears throat> right. And then they gained $1.5 this year. Sam, can you do the math on that? What, what, what that would mean? On average, $1.5 divided by 500? <laughs> uh, 300 million. Is that what it is, really? I think so, yeah. Or no, uh, 30 million. It's 30 million. Make, it's just going to make me I'm sorry. It's just going to uh, leading the way was social media and tech tycoon billion Elon Musk, of course, the world's richest person, whose fortune grew ninety-five billion dollars to two hundred and thirty-two billion dollars. Yeah, that so is three billion apiece. Yeah, three, three, three billion apiece. Okay, it's not thirty. One point five billion. One point five trillion. Trillion. Excuse yeah, me. Divided by five hundred is three billion. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Um, but yeah, this is still. You're, you're not challenging. No, he's got a calculator. Are you kidding? <laughs> I've counted the zeros multiple just, times. There's yeah, commas I, between I, all of them. I always end up <laughs> dropping a zero. So, yeah. Um, it, it, I, either way, it's it's plenty of money for them to live on. I think they'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Was, did they say who else is on the list? I know Bezos is still way Bezos, up there. Bezos, um, his, his fortune grew $71 billion Okay. in the last year. He is now third in the world. How about Dean Kamen? Is he still up? About? Dean Kamen. Let's see here. How He's, poor is the 500th guy? Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I mean, what right. if he hasn't? They're just, he's, he's struggling to make car payments at this point. Uh, the first ever woman 100 billionaire was named this year. Who's that? The heiress of L'Oreal. I don't know her name, but the story's in the stack. Oh, yeah, I've got it right here. Um, it's right here. Francois Myers. Oh, her. Francois. Everybody knows. Betancourt Myers mm-hmm. Jr. became the first woman to amass a $100 billion fortune, marking another milestone for the heiress and for France's expanding fashion and cosmetics industry. Uh, her wealth jumped to $100.2 billion yesterday, according to the Bloomberg Billionaires Index. Uh, the milestone came as shares of L'Oreal S.A., the beauty products empire founded by her grandfather rose to a record high with the stock set for its best year since 1998. Wow. I uh, 
I couldn't name, I mean, I know what they make, but I don't know that I could name a single L'Oreal product off the top of my head. Because you, you don't, don't spend a lot of time in the makeup aisle, though, I would no, assume. That, no, but I mean, they make, like, you know, my kids used to use L'Oreal Kids shampoo, you know, but outside of that, I, I, yeah, I don't use things. <laughs> I'm not a big uh, buyer of cosmetics, so. She's also written two books. Has she? Mm-hmm. A five-volume study of the Bible. And a genealogy of the Greek gods. A five-volume, st- wouldn't that be the Bible? Yeah, really. I mean, how much more do you need than what's on the page of the actual <laughs> she book? Is, she is also... Let's break it down now. She is also <laughs> known for playing the piano many hours per day. She doesn't have to work. Doesn't say she's playing it well, well either. Well, uh, Netflix came out with a three-part documentary about her called L'Affaire Betancourt. Can we, can we talk about that for a second? Her name? No. Well, yes, sort of, kind of. It is one of my greatest pet peeves in media when reporters will deliver a story in perfect English and then, and they especially do this with Hispanic names, mm-hmm. but they also love to do it with French names. And it drives me insane when the reporter tries to sound local. <laughs> because they always overshoot it. Yes. They overpronounce like crazy. Yes, and I've never understood why it is that certain cities or people. For example, Laurent Duvernay Tardif. Yes. <laughs> Laurent. We all sound like Maurice Chevalier. Yeah, like if, if, if you were reporting from Munich. Yeah. Okay. You would say, uh, reporting live from Munich, I'm Scott Parks, KMBZ. I wouldn't go, reporting live from München. München. Scott Parks, KMBZ. <laughs> you don't, you, I'm serious. It drives well, me insane. Well, uh, okay. I, I, um, and I'll give you an example. Please. Okay. Um, French President Emmanuel Macron. Macron. Uh, <laughs> we got to swallow that. Yep. Henri. I I will say, okay. Angela Merkel. When I was in Spanish class so many years ago, that uh, our Spanish teacher was a stickler for pronunciation and and got really annoyed with overpronunciation. But he would make us say things. and, And if we didn't say it in a way that sounded, as you said, local, without overshooting it, he would make us say it again. So uh, I, I'll do that. You know, I, I don't like Americanized pronunciations and things like that. So I'll say, like, we were doing an, uh, an interview with a guy who had a web series called Tacos con Todo, which means tacos with everything. But it kind of also means with everyone. And it was him interviewing other people. But that's how I said it. And it's because if I didn't, Mr. Yende would come and smack me in the back of the head. So well, I had the same thing, and I, I was – Fluent in Spanish for a couple of years of my life. I have since lost that fluency. And this is what my news report Drink sounded tequila, like this morning. The Cielito Lindo. The Cielito Lindo. <laughs> that's, and then I went right in right perfect. Huh? What? Hit that again. The Cielito Lindo. The Cielito Lindo. Me- <laughs> I like the way you do it live better. Thanks.
Well, no, I try was, to I try to Americanize it in my news yeah, stories for this exact reason. They, they did. There was a it drives a bit, me crazy. There was a bit they did on Saturday Night Live about exactly that thing. Of, oh boy, this goes back a ways. This is probably like 15, 20 years ago. And they had a bunch of people sitting around in, in a news meeting around the table. Mm-hmm. And every time they got to one of those names, they would way overpronounce it. And even when they went to order lunch, they were like, "So, what do you guys want for lunch? I don't know. You know, there's a Mexican place on the block. Oh yeah, we can get some burritos. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, uh huh. It, it 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 is one of the, my biggest pet peeves. It drives me insane. Or maybe I would like to get a chimichanga. Chimichanga. <laughs> the El Centro thing Saturday night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, she's not even here to to defend so herself. The, I'm, I'm so mean. That happened years ago. Dana was going to some benefit. The El Centro thing Saturday night. The what? <laughs> That's not bad. The El Centro thing. The what? Say we we had a uh, big uh, place in Tampa where they used to do wrestling matches called the Centro Asturiano, and it was. We, I mean, that took a little while to kind of master. If you're not used to using that, now here's the big one though in Kansas City. When you go down, you know, off Ward Parkway to that shopping center, are you going to the Country Club Plaza mm-hmm. or the Country Club Plaza? I think you're going to the Plaza. Yeah. Oh, I I would say so, too. I mean, I say plaza as well, but it is the correct pronunciation would be plaza. The plaza. The plaza. Yeah, Jamie. You go down there with Penle Machin. Jamie lives there, and she still gets hacked on by people for saying, why do you say plaza? It sounds so fancy. It's plaza. Yeah. It is fancy. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? It's the country club plaza. That's true. The first two words are country club. Uh Uh-huh. Well, that's a fair point. (laughs) 913-586-7798 here on Dana and Parks. The El Centro thing Saturday night. The what? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Did you guys see this from ESPN? The Detroit Pistons entered the visiting locker room at halftime of last night's game with the Boston Celtics. It looked like they had a chance to not only shock the basketball world, but also avoid landing in a dubious place in history. But they could not. Oh, 
Always good to set records. What, what happened? Uh, Detroit, a 16-point underdog after losing 27 consecutive games. Found itself leading Boston, the NBA's best team, with a perfect 14-0 record at TD Garden by 19 points. And then the second half occurred. <laughs> Boston would claim the win, 128-122. And the Philadelphia 76ers, check that, the uh, Detroit Pistons are now at a record-tying 28-game losing streak. Uh, they are currently 2-29. and 29. While they were ahead at half, they only managed to put in 16 points in the entire third quarter, which for mm-hmm. the NBA, that's bad. So Detroit cannot do two things at once then at all. That is correct. They are 2-29. and 29. So the we've got the Lions, who are now good for the first time in forever. Correct. And the Pistons fell right off the cliff. They're 2-29. and 29. Yeah. Okay. They have the worst losing streak <laughs> in the history of the NBA. Yeah, that's rough. Only one other team has lost 28 games in a row. Who? I'm going to try to find that out. Okay. Because I knew as soon as I said that, you would ask. Yeah. They suck. Uh, it was over the course of two seasons. It was... Oh, my gosh. While you're looking for that, does Tampa Bay still hold it in the NFL? Is their 0-26 still Oh, I, like I have no idea. Ever? Longest losing streak in the NFL? Because I think Detroit was – Detroit was the only other team to go an entire season without winning a game. They were the only 0-fer. Tampa Bay did it uh, their first two seasons in the league. They went – The Chicago Cardinals. Ooh. In 1942 to 1945, lost 29 straight games. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, so I guess it's modern era, like Super Bowl era NFL, 67 onward. Right. T- Tampa Bay went O for their first season and almost second season. So it was four, 14 game season. They went 0 and 14, and then 0 and 12. And the two teams they beat. Let's see if I can pull this one out of the memory banks. They beat the the Cardinals, who were then the St. Louis Cardinals. And the New Orleans Saints, both of whom fired their coaches for losing to Tampa Bay. Is that right? Yes. Is that right? <laughs> like, you lost to those guys? By the way, the previous record holder for most consecutive losses in the NBA was the Philadelphia 76ers. They lost the last 10 games of the 2014-2015 season and then continued to lose 18 more games in the following season. Wow. Oh, 28 in a row. Yeah, so what's the most pathetic team you've ever seen live? Like, gone to a game and just seen just the biggest pushover you've ever seen in your life? Um, I mean... Back-to-back defensive... I mean, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say it. Love the Chiefs. Uh Uh-huh. Probably the early 2000s Royals. Uh Uh-huh. Where losing a hundred games was not that big of a deal, right? Um, and keep in mind, mo- most of these would be local. I don't travel a lot to watch sports, uh, so it would it would be local teams. Um, so the early two thousands Royals. What about the twenty twenty two Royals or the eighty eight Chiefs? Yeah, that was that was yeah twenty twenty two Royals would certainly qualify. Fifty six wins last season. Yeah, yeah baby. baby. The, the worst one that I ever saw. The most pathetic awful-looking team that I ever saw live was a game that happened... 88 Chiefs would have to be up there. Um, when when I was still... When I was in Buffalo when I was a kid. 
and it actually has a Kansas City connection, uh, although it's not the Chiefs. It was a hockey game. I went to see the Buffalo Sabres play, and they played the Colorado Rockies, who at that point, that was a hockey team. Now it's the Colorado Avalanche that came from somewhere else. But the Colorado Rockies were the Kansas City Sc- Kansas City Scouts, right, for the first two seasons, and then they moved to Colorado. And they were just as bad when they got to Colorado. The Sabres beat them that night 13-3. to Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like every time I turned around, eh, Sabres scored again. All right. Uh, and I just couldn't understand. I mean, even bad hockey teams, you lose a game 4-1, to 5-0, something like, like IHL 13-3. That's like, like IHL level yeah. hockey, yep. right? There was a Friday Night Royals game last season where I left here at 7 for a 7-10 first pitch, so I didn't get to walk in until the beginning of the second inning. Mm-hmm. Would you like to guess the score when I walked in? <laughs> the beginning of the second inning? 10-0. 7-0. 7 nothing. yeah. Yep. I should have just turned around and walked out. <laughs> <laughs> Better things to do with my time. Or just turn on the radio and keep driving. Never even pull in. <laughs> Worst concert you ever saw. Oh, wow. Um, I don't know if it was the – okay, it was three bands on the bill, and it was the middle band that I was horribly disappointed in because I had seen them play a really good concert years earlier. But um, I went to see my buddy Gary Hoey. It was the opener. And the headliner was Boston. And, oh. and Gary and Boston were what both year? awesome. They, this is fairly recently. Seven years ago, maybe? Um, the middle act was Blue Oyster Cult. And they were horrible. No. I, the first time I ever saw BOC live was I was still in high school. And they killed it. I mean, they were just amazing. So I was really excited. And they they were lackluster. They looked like they didn't care. They played, and this is absolutely true, they played... Uh, don't fear the reaper, no cowbell. You can't perform it without cowbell. I know. Oh, and and, and yet they more. did, and and I, I was and they looked like they they just didn't care to be there. You can have the lead singer play the cowbell. Sure, they did not. And, and why? What was who was it for you? Who was the worst concert you ever saw? The worst concert I ever saw was in the summer of 1988 mm-hmm. at Sandstone Amphitheater. All right. Oh, really? The worst. That's also disappointing because I saw him three years earlier in Tampa, actually in St. Petersburg at the uh, Bayfront Center, and they were great. I wanted to like him so badly, and I get to Sandstone. It was, I think it was July of 88. I was between my junior and senior year in high school, uh-huh. and I was a big Thoroughgood fan. Oh, yeah. And out comes George. And I was so underwhelmed by his, and, and I'm, the music's important, but bro, you got to turn me on with, yeah. with, with the visuals. The act, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, if I wanted to hear the record, I would just sit at home. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see something that I haven't seen before. And he just looked uninspired and bored. And the music was fine. It was not the hardest music to play. Um, And he came out and he was just so boring and so, all right, thanks a lot, Kansas City. Here comes our next song, you know, it's blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you can't do that. I mean, dude, do something. Make me at least think you appreciate my money. 
Yeah. Uh, what now? My my vision of my Thorogood concert may be colored slightly by the fact that you know, again, back in the day, this is the era more than anything else. But you went to a concert in the mid nineteen eighties. There was going to be a girl in the front section who was going to you know pull her top up, and she happened to be right behind me. So oh, behind you. Yeah. So I I I mean I did enjoy that show. <laughs> it was like all of a sudden I noticed everybody in front of me was looking the other way, and I was like, "What's going on?" But whoa, we're still talking about the concert. <laughs> I think so. Okay. Uh, yeah. Now on that front, though, let's flip that around. Who did you not expect much out of that you saw a much better show than you expected? Ooh. Hmm. Give me a second. Who's yours? Um, Ario Speedwagon. So Ario Speedwagon, when Gary Richrath was, uh, well, still alive, first of all. And, uh, I mean, th- he was probably 30, 35, somewhere in that neighborhood, and just grabbed that Les Paul gold top and shredded. I mean, that guy was an amazing guitar player. So, you know, um, and, and the, you know, the entire concert was also, like you said, I mean, if boring and uninspired is on one end of the spectrum... Every song they played was great. I mean, the showmanship, and it wasn't pyros and all of that stuff. It was just they it doesn't were. Have to be. They were excited. Yeah, look interested. Yep. Like, like this is the first time you've ever performed this song for somebody live. Twice in my life, I've seen an opening act blow a headliner off the stage. I've seen that a couple of times too. Uh, yeah, and, and it's it's, it's fascinating when you see it. Yep. Uh, buddy guy. Blowing BB King off the stage. Ooh, I saw that one yeah, time. Buddy Guy is astounding. Yes. And then I went to a Van Halen concert one time years mm-hmm. ago at Kemper. No, it may have been at Sprint. It was at Sprint. This band. It was the weirdest matchup. This band opened for Van Halen with David Lee Roth on lead vocals, and beat them off the stage. I saw Cool in the Gang yep. open for Van Halen. About ten years ago, I I can see that. I mean, I I can Crushed see Cole and the Gang. Just I've never seen them live. But Crushed it. I you know I put them in that same category. As, uh, you could, if you ask me on any given day, would I go with you to go see Earth, Wind, and Fire in concert? And the answer is, oh yes, let's go one, now. One of the greatest live shows I've ever seen. Yeah, that, Tower of Power, same way. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I mean, you sit there at a, you don't sit there at a top show. You stand there going crazy at a top show. For two and a half hours, mm-hmm. and it's from beginning to end. You do not sit down. Sam, what about you? Well, geez, which one? You guys have gone through like four different questions. <laughs> well, let, let's do the let's do the last one. Uh, the band that blew you away and you did not expect it. Uh, honestly, Kiefer Sutherland. Really? At the uh, the old Knuckleheads, and wow. I I went just because I was a big fan of Twenty Four, and he's pretty good at playing the old music. Yep. His band is not bad. I, it was mainly covers, but he has some of his own stuff as well, but it was good. Okay, and best and worst. Ooh, worst has oh, we to be... We haven't done best yet. Worst has oh, to be true. just me going to a concert not knowing what kind of music it was. I am not a big dubstep guy, and so I have been trapped into going to concerts where I thought I knew the artist, mm-hmm. and I paid 50 bucks to go in, and immediately my brain is being rattled out of my ears so i can't really give you a specific one but a dubstep show that i wasn't prepared for i thought it was going to be something else gotcha and best um we haven't even gotten there yet okay you guys go first let me think about that i'll, I'll let you have it oh uh, without question uh Köln, germany uh june 1st 1987 prince 
Okay, yeah. I, unfortunately, Sheila E. on drums. With as many concerts as I went to at that during that era, never got to see Prince live, and I regret it to this day that I never got to see him live. It, just again, one of the best guitar players ever. My best. Oh, I, I I hate this question because I could answer it five hundred different ways. I I'll take the obvious choice and say nineteen eighty eight. Um, the opener was Cinderella. This was at Buffalo's Memorial this Auditorium. Been bon Jovi. Nope. Oh, absolutely not. I, I will never say a kind word about Bon Jovi. Uh, no, ACDC was the headliner and tore it up. Is that the blow up your video tour? I I honestly don't well, remember. Razor's it was Edge late tour? 88. So wow. it would have been, yeah, like September of 88. Cinder- Great Cinderella show. is... Now, you're saying Cinderella was... Oh, the opener. And they were they were great, but ACDC just, okay. I mean, one of the best concerts ever. Uh, also saw a number of those shows with Twisted Sister and Iron Maiden. They toured together a lot back then, and those were all great shows. Saw one that was Y&T, Twisted Sister and Iron Maiden. Okay, that's And awesome. that was a killer you, you show. You know I love the Y&T. Oh, I know. I love yeah. Y&T. All right, Sam, what is it? Best so concert? I've been blessed. So like John, I probably have 30 that tie for first. But I'm gonna I'm gonna make an odd one, and it was the DJ mix out at Azura Amphitheater last year. I got to see Snoop Dogg rap in person. Oh, and I about <laughs> fell over. Was that I kept the looking Travis at my girlfriend Kelsey like, show? no, no, no. That was it, it. Was a different. It was like a hip hop remix show or something oh, okay. like that. All right, you know who? And oh. I, I I just kept looking at my girlfriend like, uh, we're here. This is happening. Just so you know, this isn't a dream. Another one that I enjoyed a lot more than I thought I would because I'm just not a country guy, but uh, I went because Jen wanted to go and found out that he is an absolutely amazing musician as Brad Paisley. But he started as a rock guy, though, so he still brings a lot of that to the show. He played Eruption, speaking of Van Halen. No kidding. Brad Paisley played Eruption during his show and, and just nailed it. 913-586-7798. We are doing Festivus Friday at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Missouri Tiger football tonight. They take on the Ohio State University in the Cotton Bowl at 8. Pre-game starts at 5 o'clock right here on the home of the Tigers, KMBZ. What'd you say? The mixtape show was one of the best you've ever been to? At the Sprint Center where I got to see Rick Astley sing Never Gonna Give You Up and well, then not sing a single other song. Is that, is that Kermit <laughs> the Frog singing there? Is it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Scott. He does sound like Kermit. Yes, he does. You, you know how sometimes you're driving down the road, uh, just minding your own affairs, and, and you see a member of a rival gang driving up in another car and you grab your gat? Um, I know this probably happens to you once, twice a week. Like when right? I, like, I look over and Pete Mundo from 710 KCMO is over there. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, what are you doing? Well, and, and see, here's, here's a little advice for you. Should that happen to you again, is you want to make sure when you decide to fire on him, <clears throat> make sure you don't hit the guy in your own passenger seat. Mm. As happened to uh, a young man in St. Louis who's now in an awful lot of trouble. According to the folks at uh, uh, Channel 5, they said, while firing shots at another vehicle, a man killed the passenger in his own SUV. Oh. Traveling along Interstate 70 on Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, man fatally shot the passenger. Angelo McNeil, age 51, was driving a white Ford Escape on I-70 around 10 p.m., when the victim started firing shots at a red SUV, as shots were being fired, McNeil shot the victim in the leg, uh, admitted that he and Barry Martin, age 45, 
what are these old dudes doing driving around St. Louis firing at each other? Uh, they, they were shooting at the red SUV. According to charging documents, officers located the SUV near the intersection of whatever and whatever. Uh, he's now been charged with one count each of second-degree murder, discharging or shooting a firearm from a motor vehicle, and unlawful possession of a firearm. Boy, that's a shock. Man. What's up with the uh, Bills jersey today? They play tonight? Oh, uh, no, uh, Sunday, but uh, it's it's like, I mean, everybody around here does the Red Friday thing, and this has got red on it, so <laughs> it's, it's as okay. close as I get. Okay. It's the Bills um, Blue Friday. And the, the Bills have to win. If, if they win uh, at home against New England on Sunday and Miami loses, then Buffalo could be playing for the number two seed in the final week of the season. No kidding. Yeah, crazy. Wow. Uh, a woman has sued Michael Jackson's older brother, Jermaine Jackson, accusing him of raping and sexually assaulting her in the spring of 1988 and conspiring to keep it quiet to keep his reputation intact. Uh, the suit was filed this week in Los Angeles. Uh, Rita Butler Barrett claimed in the lawsuit that she knew Jackson, Jermaine Jackson, through her husband's personal and business relationship with Barry Gowdy, Gordy, founder of Motown Records. Uh, the Jackson 5, which Jermaine Jackson was a part of, along with the Supremes and Marvin Gaye, were some of the hit artists represented by the label. That's true. In the spring of 1988, Jermaine Jackson allegedly forced himself into Butler's home and with force and violence sexually assaulted her, according to the complaint. Okay. Not good. No, that's not good. I and, and of course, I mean, whenever something like this happens, the questions are going to arise. Why not at the time? You know, why? Why? why you Thirty-five wait this years, long? right? Uh, but I mean, doesn't mean it didn't happen. Uh, and they, and they did have an incredibly tight grip on the PR coming out of anything Jackson related at that point. Do you remember where the Jackson Five Victory Tour started in 1984? No, I don't. Kemper Arena in Kansas. Was it City. really? Yes. Uh, CNN.com, nearly 1,000 new species were discovered in 2023 by scientists at London's Natural History Museum and the California Academy of Sciences, proving that Earth is still home to many unexplored wonders. Oh. Uh, this, the discoveries were made during a year that marks the 50th anniversary of the U.S. Endangered Species Act. Okay. Did, did, did we find a new frog this year? They did find several frogs. Um the diverse list of 968 new species wow. includes previously unknown dinosaurs and extinct creatures, beetles, moths, sea slugs, geckos, frogs, spiders. Isn't it a little late to discover the extinct ones? <laughs> well, I mean, you still got to categorize them, right? All right, all right. And a legless lizard. Isn't that a snake? AKA I would think. snake. Yeah. I, I did a little research into this, and everything I could find said that snakes are not lizards and lizards are not snakes, but snakes are lizards and lizards are snakes. What? That makes all the sense in the world. I know. I know. Say what? Yeah. Uh, by the way, yeah, quick correction. Thank you, Texter. Uh, the Jackson 5 victory tour started at Arrowhead, not at Kemper, in ah, 1984. Okay. And, and, and I stand corrected, and you're absolutely right. I won tickets to that show. To, to, not to the one here, to the one in Tampa, because that's where I was, and was not able to get them because I was ineligible. I wasn't 18 yet. 
Didn't know Aww. that. Won a radio. First radio contest I ever won. And what happens? I can't get my victory tour tickets. Oh, John. Darn the luck. That was not a victory tour for you. <laughs> no, it was not. It was a defeat tour. Oh, um, that makes me feel bad for you. Yeah, it's okay. I, I don't know that I would have gone anyway. But um, it, it was a big show. Probably could have made a few bucks on it. I, I mentioned this to you off the air a little while ago. And, and you had a reaction that I did not expect. But in a survey from YouGov... The proportion of people finding the pastime of whistling has increased now to 47% who believe that whistling is annoying or irritating. No, I like to whistle. And they're saying now that if this trend continues, whistling may go extinct. The human race may stop whistling because nobody likes it anymore. Who doesn't like to whistle? 47% of the public. I well, guess. 53% do. Yeah, that's true. Uh, if that figure rose to 53% among 18 to 24-year-olds. So the younger you are, the more annoying whistling is to you. Really? Yeah. Sam? I love whistling. Oh, okay. All right. You're in the, in the minority. I'm a pro then. whistler, yeah. I, I, I'm a huge pro. I, I'll walk around the house whistling all day. <laughs> Not annoying at all. <laughs> Why would anybody think that's annoying? That was awesome. We're going to do Festivus Friday coming up in one hour from now. One hour from now here on Dana and Parks. Thanks for listening to the Dana and Parks podcast. Remember, you can catch us online anytime at KMBZ.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 